Good morning, everyone. It is great to see all of you. As you can see, it was vacation Bible school week. And Pastor Sam, I hear they had an awesome time. Uh, Pastor Sam, I hear, was visiting the snack room a lot, right? Is that true? So, uh, but vacation Bible school was awesome. So thank you to Catherine. And then thank you to the people here that were wild enough to help for a week. You are awesome. So uh, thank you. Um, This Wednesday night, the children's ministry is not meeting. They're taking a break for a week. Um, The youth will be here, though. So anybody 6th grade through 12th grade, we will be up in the gym this Wednesday night making dog biscuits for the Humane Society. Because on Friday, our United Way Day of Action project, we are going to go do work at the Humane Society. And then uh, join the United Way lunch after that as well. Um, I just got back with some junior high uh, from the church, from Camp Sumatanga. There was 78 junior high kids at Camp Sumatanga for the week, and we had a blast. I think I have a video next week to show you all of that. It was awesome. So um, the kids' worship space down the hall is moving along and coming along great. Um, also want to let you know that there will be a memorial service for uh, Virginia Yoakum on Monday at Collier Butler. Visitation is from 12 to 2 and a funeral at 2 p.m. Uh, as you notice, there are more babies being born to the life of the church. That's something to celebrate. Three roses on the same Sunday? That's wild, isn't it? So um, we have one rose for Amelia James Hedgepath, uh, parents of are Jay and Claire, uh, grandparents Mark and Barbara, and great-grandmother uh, Laura Condra. So that's awesome. Uh, make sure you congratulate them. We also have Jack Kennedy. Uh, parents are Burns and Hannah. Great, uh, I'm sorry, grandparents Whit and Kathy Torbett. Then our last rose, Anne Elizabeth Casey. Parents are Ryan and Meg. And everybody knows the great-grandparent on this one, Dottie Ivy. So make sure you do big congratulations when you see them today. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful uh, that we had Vacation Bible School. We're thankful to be a part of a church that loves children and youth. I pray right now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us to focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I'm excited to tell you about what you're going to get to see next. It's going to be super fun, and you're going to enjoy it so much. Our vacation Bible school this week was was a lot of fun. We had great volunteers. We had about 50-something kids that came. They sang, they danced, and the snacks, Pastor Andy, I had to sample the snacks. I was just required to. You know, it's just sometimes the pastor's job is, is, is difficult, but, you know, the, everything was so great. And you're going to get to see a little sample of it today. And, oh, my goodness, Puffin, you're here today. Yes. That would be great, Beacon.
so much. Didn't they do a great job? They're going off to Children's Church now. (laughs) 
Uh, Pastor Andy could barely contain himself while that music was going. I could see his feet tapping back there. Were any of y'all tapping your feet too? Yeah. Great job. Uh, great job to, to Catherine, our children's director. Great job to our volunteers. All right. And also, great job about these roses on the altar. I, you know, there's something called evangelism by baby boom. And um, I'm, all, I'm all for that. So, so good job with that, too. Thank you. You know, when you give and support your church, uh, this is one of the things you're supporting. You're supporting uh, junior high camp at Camp Sumatonga. You're supporting Vacation Bible School, and you're helping to support our missionaries. Um, we, we're kind of highlighting our global missionaries this, this week, and I want to tell you about a missionary that we have in Southeast Asia. Her name is Helene de Leon Camara, and she, sometimes you think about missionaries only being preachers and teachers, but um, Helene works as a, a treasurer. Uh, she's an administrator, but she and her family have been working for the uh, global missions, and uh, this is not the only place they serve, but they're serving in Southeast Asia and Cambodia right now. They have 400 new churches in Southeast Asia. It's growing like crazy. And, uh, and, and so we, we need, you know, all kinds of different missionaries. We need builders. We need teachers. We need uh, church planters. We need administrators. And that's what she does. She's got a husband. She's got three kids. They have an adopted nephew. So when you say your prayers, uh, pray for her and, and pray for all of our global missionaries. It's very important. Now, when you want to support your church, if you're here in a sanctuary with us, you just drop it in the plate at either door. You can give online. You can give text to give. You can download our app and give that way. But thank you for your continued support. Thank you for your prayers. We, we need your prayers. We need to pray for our kids and for our youth and for, um, for all of those that need us so much. And if you have a prayer request, just just put it now if you could put it in the comment section on our Facebook live or you can text it to us or you can you can just write a little note and drop it drop it off by the office we have a prayer team that meets every week and we will pray for you will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer Lord what a blessing it is to see our kids dance and sing and jump for joy it's it's wonderful Lord to to have that kind of joy and that kind of celebration in our worship we sometimes forget to to keep that awe that we had when we were kids we thank you lord for all the ways that that this great church is in ministry not not only here in gadsden but also around the world we pray for all of our missionaries lord whether they be um, in stateside or whether they be around the world because we know that the gospel needs to be taken all the way around the world we thank you for the, the gifts and the tithes and the offerings that people give to help support uh, the ministries of this church and to help build the kingdom of God. And Lord, we lift our needs up to you. We all have needs on our hearts today. And we teach you, we ask that you would teach us to pray the prayer that, that you taught your disciples, Lord, when you prayed, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Rhonda and JT and the choir always do such a great job. We just have the best music around, I tell you what. Oh, and we also have a lot of fun. Not just kids and not just youth, because uh, I got to drive the bus for the Gadabouts this week. And didn't we have a good time, some of y'all out there? We went to, we went to Anniston and we uh, went, had tours at Grace Episcopal Church at Temple Bethel. And then we, we met Tammy Jackson downtown at First United Methodist Church in Anniston downtown. And we, had, we learned a lot. And we had a lot of good time. We laughed a lot. And we got to eat some good food at Classic on Noble. I mean, it just, it was the best. So um, join us sometime. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We're going to continue today with our Mysterious Women of the Bible series. Last week we talked about uh, a woman that was doggone smart. It was the Syrophoenician woman who, who had this conversation with Jesus, and, and Jesus said, great is your faith. And today's mysterious woman of the Bible is also one of my heroes of the faith, and it also kind of takes me back to Vacation Bible School, because when I went to Vacation Bible School, we'd have to memorize Bible verses. Did any of y'all have to memorize Bible verses in Sunday School, Vacation Bible School? I always wanted John 11:35. You know, and when you see it, you're going to know why. I always wanted John 11:35. Uh, it goes like this: Jesus wept. Now, how many of you already have memorized that? Okay. <laughs> so uh, I wanted. I always wanted to know that one by heart uh, because it's easy to remember, and because it's well, it's not exactly technically the shortest verse in the Bible because it has. It has 16 letters in the Greek language, and there's another. First Thessalonians 5:16 only has 14, but still, man, it's really short, but it's powerful. Honestly, it is. It's so powerful. It's one of one of my favorite verses, really. I heard a story about a seminary student who, who was sent to his first appointment right out of seminary to a large church as associate pastor and. And the Sunday was his first Sunday uh, that he had to serve communion by himself in chapel that morning. And he was so nervous. I can relate. I still get nervous sometimes. He had a laminated card in, in front of him. And it had on there was printed out and laminated the invitation to communion. He just had to follow it. And then the prayer of confession, the prayer of consecration consecration and then just before the people came forward for communion 
then, then the minister was supposed to say, hear these words of comfort from the scriptures. And then on the, the little card there, it was left blank because the minister was supposed to just say whatever the minister wanted to say there because there's so many words of comfort in the Bible, then you might say something different every time. But when he got to the point, in that point in the scripture, he just was like a deer in the headlights. You ever get one of those where your mind just goes blank? He, he couldn't remember. And the only thing he could remember was John eleven thirty five. So he said, hear these words of comfort from the scriptures. Jesus wept. And then his face flushed. He was kind of embarrassed. And he thought, oh, man, I've really messed this up. How am I going to tell the senior pastor about this? Everybody's going to be upset, you know. But after he served communion, after the service, a woman came up to him and she said, you know, when you quoted Jesus wept as words of comfort from the Bible, it was so powerful to me to know that the healer of our pain is also the feeler of our pain. So I want you to think about that today. The healer of our pain also is the feeler of our pain. We're going to look at this because the mysterious woman of the Bible, the hint today is she made Jesus cry. And it's Mary of Bethany. It's Mary of Bethany. So who was this woman? Who was Mary of Bethany? We're going to look at her, but... Short answer is, she is a woman who found her home at the feet of Jesus. Uh, not just here in John chapter 11, a couple of other places where she appears in the Bible, she finds her home at the feet of Jesus. One is Luke chapter 10, and I'll, I'll just share these verses with you, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me all the work to myself? Tell her to help me now. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I think Mary really shows us the meaning of discipleship, which is to sit at the feet of Jesus. She was seated not in a place of honor. You know, I think about sometimes about James and John, the two brothers that were always wanting to sit at the Lord's right hand and the Lord's left hand. They kind of wanted the seats of honor. And I think about Peter who at one point kind of pulled Jesus aside and he stopped following and pulled Jesus aside and, and kind of said, no, Jesus, you're, you're, you're not going to have to die. And Jesus said, get behind me. But Mary was at Jesus' feet. She was in a place of humility. It was, it was the lowest position you could take. And she was placing herself under his authority. There's an old rabbinical saying that, that you're not really a disciple until you are covered with the dust of your rabbi's feet. You're following so closely that you're just covered with the dust of your rabbi's feet. So to sit at someone's feet meant to place yourself in a position of discipleship. So let, let me ask you to think about sitting at the feet of Jesus. How do we do that today? Well, I also think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, take my teachings upon you and learn of me. How we sit at Jesus' feet today is that we learn of him. Of all the things that you could be reading, of all the devotional material that you could be reading, you just can't substitute that for digging into the Gospels and finding what Jesus said, finding what Jesus did, learning of him so that you can be formed into his image. That's what discipleship is. That's what Mary learned. Now, her sister Martha was kind of upset 
because she was the oldest in the family. She was the one that was bossy. Any of y'all got an older sister? I do. Uh, she was the one that was having to take care of everything. You know, there's always one that has to take care of everything. And what she was doing was good. Hey, there's nothing, there's, somebody's got to take care and fill people's tea glasses and things like that. But what, Mar what Martha was doing was not going to take away from what Mary was doing. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. I don't know, maybe Martha was trying to put on a four-course meal and really just one or two things would have been fine. But Jesus said, Mary has chosen the greatest thing just to sit at my feet. I just, I just want you to spend some time with me, Jesus says to us. So right now, I wonder if we could just kind of pause. Where, where, if you're here, if you're watching with us at home, just kind of pause Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment and just imagine yourself sitting at the feet of Jesus. Oh Lord, we sit at your feet to learn. Teach us, we pray. Amen. Okay. So another sighting of Mary of Bethany. This is John chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Six days after the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, at a, here dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, surprise, surprise, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was in, in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. So Jesus said, Mary is not only learning about discipleship at my feet, Mary is learning about worship, the true meaning of worship. Did you know that the Greek word for worship is proskuneo, and it means to kiss the hand? It, if you think about someone kneeling before the king and kissing the ring of the king, in adoration. Also, it's not surprising to me that the word also comes from a Greek word for dog. And so the original meaning was to, like a dog laying at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. Any of y'all have dogs? So I know some of you who are uh, worshiping online at home, your dog is actually worshiping with you today. So hello, Sosa. I know you're, you're worshiping today. Uh, that's our, our dog. But is there any, any better picture of love and devotion and, and humility than just a dog just laying at your feet, just licking your hand? I really can't think of, of a more beautiful picture of worship. Uh, you know, your dog is always happy to see you, always, you know, you could be gone for five minutes or five days and your dog's glad to see you. I had a lady tell me one time that somebody asked her who, who loved her more, her husband or her dog? And she said, well, I don't know. I guess they both love me. And he said, well, why don't you try this? Try locking your husband and your dog in the trunk of the car and leave them there for 30 minutes. And then when you open it, see who's glad to see you. It'll only be one of them. So heartfelt worship is to lay at the master's feet and to just give everything. Extravagant, humble. Jesus saw that Mary was at home just sitting at his feet. I hope that we can see worship in that way too. Just, just pour it out. Just pour it out. With joy, just pour it out. So now back for our text today, John eleven thirty five, 35, my favorite memory verse. 
Um, so Jesus wept, but let's set the stage for why Jesus wept. The chapter, uh, John chapter 11 opens just by really introducing a family to us. And it's Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They lived in Bethany, one of the towns uh, just outside of Jerusalem, a few miles. And they were friends of Jesus. Sometimes we don't think about the fact that Jesus needed a place just to hang out too. He needed people who were close to him, people he could talk to who could talk to him. He needed, he needed a, a crew. And Lazarus and Martha and Mary were his crew. He loved them. And he, he used to stay at their house. And how do I know he loved them? Well, it says when Lazarus was sick, they sent for Jesus. And when the messenger got there to Jesus and his disciples, they didn't even mention Lazarus's name. Here's how they said it. They said, Jesus, the one whom you love is sick. They didn't even have to say his name. He knew who that was. His buddy. And they didn't say, we really think it's a good idea if you come and see about him. They just expected that Jesus would come. And in verse 5 of, of John chapter 11, it just says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I'm sure that you've heard that there uh, are three words in the Greek language in the Bible used most often for love. There's eros, which is romantic love. There's phileo, which means friendship or brotherly love, like the word Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. That's the word that's used in verse 3 of John 11. The Lord, behold, the one that you phileo is sick. Your dear friend Lazarus is sick. But there's another word for love, and that's agape. That's God's kind of love. That's the totally unselfish, no strings attached, the one that always looks out for the other person's best interests. Agapeo is the word used in verse 5. Now Jesus agapeo, Martha and her sister and Lazarus. That unselfish love that always looks out for the other person's best interests. It's important to know that considering what Jesus did. Jesus waited two days before he started to their home. He waited two days and by the time he got there, Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. He had died. Mary and Martha ran to Jesus and, and, and they both fell, they both said the same thing. They said, Jesus, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. If you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. So, I know that must have hurt Jesus to see them hurting. Jesus said to Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Jesus didn't mean do you believe it in general. Do you have the right theological position on this? He meant Martha, do you believe that I'm the resurrection and the life? And so there's a, a sense where every time we gather together and we say the, the affirmation of faith and we say, I believe in the resurrection of the dead, there's a sense in which, which Jesus looks at us and says, do you really believe? Do you not just believe what the church has traditionally believed, but do you believe? Martha said, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world. And that's awesome, but that's not what brought Jesus to tears. You know, our theological positions are important and our, our rituals and our liturgy is important. But you know what really made Jesus cry? What Jesus had his heart touched by was when Mary came and she fell at his feet. She fell at the place that was 
like home for her. She fell at the place where she had learned about discipleship. She fell at the place where she had learned about true worship, where she had anointed his feet with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Except this time she knelt there and she cried. She learned that the healer of her pain was also the feeler of her pain because Jesus cried too. Why is it that Jesus cried? I mean, surely Jesus didn't just cry because Lazarus was dead. Didn't he know that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead? Of course he did. He didn't cry because he didn't know what to do. He didn't cry except that his friend was crying. I've had people tell me, maybe some of y'all are like this. Any of y'all the designated crier around? Anybody else is crying? You don't even have to know what it is. You're going to be crying too. Because you feel that. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So what do you need to mourn today? What do you need to, what do you need to sit at Jesus' feet and just mourn? 2020 was a year of incredible loss, wasn't it? And we have losses in our lives. It could be that we had a family member that died. It could be that we lost a, a marriage. It could be we lost a job. It could be, I don't know, the loss of a dream. But when you're hurting, when you need to let it out, the place that you need to do that is at the feet of the one who not just heals your pain, but also feels your pain. So once again, pause with me for just a moment and close your eyes and let us imagine ourselves at the feet of Jesus again. Oh Lord, we sit at your feet today and mourn. We're hurting, and we know that you hurt with us. Grant us your comfort today. Amen. Well, you see, Jesus wasn't going to just leave Mary there at his feet crying. There, there is no substitute for time at the feet of Jesus, learning and worshiping and mourning and communion, communing with Jesus, the one who, who knows us best, right, and still loves us the most. But there's a time when you need to just get up and move. And so after Mary cries and Jesus cries, and I imagine that Martha's crying too at this point, Jesus says, okay, it's time to get up and go. We got something to do. I got something I want to show you. We need to go, we need to, go to the tomb. So they, they went down to the tomb and Jesus said, remove the stone. Roll back the stone from the tomb. And Martha, who was all, always the practical one, said, Jesus, it's been four days. There's going to be a smell by now. We don't want to do that. We don't want to put people through that. And Jesus said, did I not just say to you, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? It's gut check time, Martha. Do you really believe do you really believe Martha? Do you really believe Mary? Do you really believe Sam? Because if you really do believe, then you might just learn these lessons. You might learn the lesson that when you at, you're at the place where you feel that there's no way out, that Jesus is the way. When you feel like your hope is dead, that Jesus is the resurrection. Mary of Bethany this mysterious woman of the Bible. Well, she's another one of my heroes of the faith. Not because she was a great preacher, not because she did miracles, but simply because she was at home at the feet of Jesus. That was where she wanted to learn. That was where she wanted to worship. And when it was time to mourn, that was where she wept.
with the person who would weep with her and then heal her pain. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful that you invite us to come to you to take your yoke upon us and to learn of you because we know that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So we sit at your feet today. Teach us. We sit at your feet today. Hear our heartfelt worship. We sit at your feet today, Lord. We mourn our losses knowing that you love us and that you feel for us and with us. Now, heal us, Lord, and raise us up to walk in newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to sing a, a song that really expresses how I feel a lot of times, and it's 397, I Need Thee Every Hour. Will you stand together as we sing? Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen.